0: What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever it is for you, we hope you having a great day. I'm a new face here. That's right, man. Who the hell are you? I know. Well, I'm (laughs) Grayson Olet. I am kind of the temporary host. I'm stepping in here for the big sexy. Bradley Crenshaw, he is out right now. He is uh, probably a couple margaritas deep in Mexico. That's exactly right. He's testing moment. out the uh, the Cabo giveaway, making his it sure it's
1: safe for That's everybody exactly who's uh, right. sending cards in the mail.
0: Yeah. So um, I I know that this is a first for the DCI podcast. This is the DCI podcast episode 14. So it does not stop, though. That's right. If you watched one a day, you've got two weeks of content. Exactly. So we're <laughs> chugging right along. I'm stepping in. Um, maybe I should give A resume a little bit so people, yeah. So, I am with the media team here at DCI, so I'm usually behind the camera, um, but I am heavily involved in what goes into the DCI podcast week to week. I help come up with a lot of the topics and do a lot of the production work, and I edit the podcast and things like that. So, I am heavily involved with the podcast, Very heavily familiar. involved with the media. Absolutely, you know. when it comes to cards, I mean, collected as a kid, DCI has obviously gotten me more heavily involved in it, but. I mean, I've got a master's degree in sports management. I've been following sports my whole life. So in terms of, you know, knowing players and stuff, I've got no issue there. But I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have fun picking your brain on cards.
1: Awesome, anyone. And just so people know, how long have you been with DCI? And I'm sure people have seen your face
0: um, kind of at shows. So um, I, am, I'm, I guess I'm not, like, new at this point. I yep. mean, been with the team for several months now. Still Sweet. about, like, less than six months. So, you know. I'm not like a day one like you are or you know some other people with the team, but yeah, um, people have probably seen me at a couple of shows already. Uh, like mostly at, like I've said, I'm, I've probably been behind the camera, that's right for the most part, but I do have a background in broadcasting. I've, I do have a, a background in you know media and radio and things like that, so pretty comfortable here right now.
1: Awesome man. Well, I know that um, people can look forward to seeing you at uh, you know card shows buying singles and doing all that stuff, making deals. Um, yep, coming absolutely. Up, but also, yeah, guys, Grayson is a huge part of all of our media content editing, creating, um, planning all that stuff out. Um, so we are in good hands here. I will say, if you will just give us a like, a subscription yes. um, to our channel, that way you're not missing out on any future DCI content. Um, we would really appreciate it. And I know I would especially certainly appreciate Our it. Yes. media guys. So. <laughs> so yeah,
0: drop a like, uh, drop a comment if you're you know feeling feeling good today, and you know maybe maybe subscribe and uh, click the bell as well if you want to be notified every time that DCI drops uh, some new content on YouTube, especially. But we also have this podcast available everywhere, you know, on Apple or Spotify or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. We're available there as well. So, you know, make sure you guys uh, give us a follow, give us a like if uh, you're in a good mood today. So sweet. All right. Well, let's get into it. Last episode, you and Brad, Jason, talked about a lot of things. You kind of talked about your first reactions to Prism Football 2021. We We actually ripped... Uh, some of that in our last card shop tour video. Make sure you go check that out on crazy. YouTube right now at SMP. We, uh, they ripped a crate, oh, Brad ripped a crazy Mac Jones gold out of 10. So that was a lot of fun. Nuts.
1: Every time I've watched that video, and by the way, you guys did a great job um, with the angles and like kind of capturing that moment. Every time I've watched it since I've Truly caught
0: it- in 4K. Yeah,
1: literally. <laughs> I've, I think I've watched it 150 to 200 times and every time I still get chills thinking about it um, and I was there you know, to live it. Um, the video is almost better in my opinion, because like in the moment, you know, you get so frenzied in a big hit like that to watch it back is really fun.
0: So especially from your perspective, like you've obviously like ripped a lot more wax than, you know, me or a casual collector has. So, you know, and Brad too, like, so when you've ripped so many big cards, especially, I mean, you're kind of a hot hand in the hobby right now, man. If anybody follows uh, Jason on Twitter, you've been pulling some fire, recently we'll get a little bit more into that later but you know like all I'm saying is when you've ripped that much wax and you've ripped so many big cards and you pulled so many big cards it's kind of you kind of like take it for granted I feel Certainly. like certain extent you know so
1: I would say as far as like taking big cards for granted in my position as head of grading at DCI we get to see some amazing collections come through um so I think like that's true. The, the big iconic cards um, you know that people would be like you know the grail of somebody's collection since we see so many collections I'm getting to see so many grails um, all the time it's one of my favorite parts about my job um, and so yeah I would say like I've almost become numb to like the 86 Fleer Michael Jordan you know what I mean? right I see, yeah you know that makes it makes sense which oh, is yeah, crazy a it's like, card, like right, whatever exactly. and we see very few tens but um, obviously but you know it's still one of those things where it's like every time one of them comes in it's that iconic cards that grail card it's it's really exciting still. And there's that, you know, excitement. So whenever it's, you know, whenever we know those are kind of coming in, um, it's still exciting. But so, you know, if you, if I were to go back and rip some 86 Fleer and pull a Jordan, I can't
0: even imagine what, you know, how excited I would be. Uh, I think like a part of, and you know, I get this is diving a little bit more just into that day. Like when you guys were ripping, uh, the prism at SMP, like, you only bought two boxes. Like, it's not like you guys got an entire case, which I don't think we, you know, is really specified on right. social media too much, but you guys just bought two random boxes. So they, you already, like, and Brad had just bought into a ton of rips as well on right. WhatNot that weekend. So, like, you know, you got already gotten through a lot of prism up to that point with not a lot of luck. And Correct. we already were reading online how much has obviously been printed and how many cards there are. Y'all got into right. that last episode. So I think just the part of, you know, you and Brad knowing, and everybody in the room knowing how little of a chance y'all actually had at hitting a card like that—that that was that was really cool.
1: Yeah, it, the odds on something like that, especially when you again you pull two boxes out of the case, right, or whatever, and you—that's you know the odds just are. And y'all talked about it last episode. In the your,
0: rest of the cards y'all had were uh, not, not good, not to good say the all. least. Yeah, so, that that max
1: yeah. saved the day for sure. Um, save the week, the month, you know, that, that's a big <laughs> one. So that was really fun. Um, something that we, as people who have been in the hobby and ripped wax before, either to grade, to flip, kind of ho- to hold on to for a while. Um, one of the main things, and this is really fun, um, this is a really fun part of the hobby for me, is finding that value proposition, right? So- right between the, you know, the discrepancy between the singles prices
0: on the market and the, the sealed, the price of the sealed wax. Right. And that kind of gets into like our first main topic of the day is, you know, Prism blasters just came out, I think this past weekend. So yep. a lot of people are like on fanatics and Penny going after those online. And, yep. you know, some people are even finding some fat packs and target and things like that already in retail. So I think it's just um, interesting to see that now there's even more prism coming out. Correct. There's still more sets coming out that I think people are are going right over their heads. It'll Correct. Still, you know, like optic uh, contenders, optic select. Like there's still a lot of stuff that's coming up. Prism basketball, national treasures basketball. I mean, the list goes on. So with all these sets coming out and all these things coming out, I think that some people who and some people haven't haven't noticed that you and other um, people in the hobby have been choosing breaks and wax sure. in cases it seems over pursuing a lot of these big singles we've seen we're seeing these singles get flooded onto the market you know there's so many different variations especially of prism out there and stuff i kind of just wanted to pick your brain on this and you know give collectors an educational moment here why do you especially at this time right now with so many sets and so much product out there choose to, you know, purchase an entire case of Of a a product product or, you know, or I mean, maybe buying into a break of a product that you like, as opposed to pursuing the singles of those cards, you know, on whatever marketplace you so choose. Right.
1: So I look at this kind of side of things as I'm going to, you know it's all about the entry, the entry cost, the cost per card, the cost per grading. You know what I mean? It's all about it's a margins game. Um, and so what I like to do is typically I will wait at least a week after a product comes out, um, just for the general. So know, that's the first move is you
0: kind of wait a week just to get an idea of what's even in the
1: product. I like to see a little bit of the product before I spend my money, whether it's a few singles, you're not a first time kind of guy. The box. Not necessarily. I'm not going to say I'm against it. It would, you know, it's again, certain products absolutely, certain products absolutely not. Cool. Um, and and the way that I see that is just again, a lot goes into that, right? So, the I've been recently I've been busting a lot of Crown Royal basketball for this upcoming NBA class. Um, personally, I think the value there for the cost of a box and the cost of a sealed case is very good, even after the cost of grading for what. The value you can expect in a box right? right so the way that i treated that is i went to my lcs a couple weeks ago and i opened one box okay i got lucky i did very well uh, I, I pulled a stephen curry kaboom it got a nine five from beckett um huge pull right so i'm into the you know it's a four thousand dollar card i'm right. into it for 650 dollars after grading at that point i realized okay i've got you know three thousand dollars in we'll call it house money okay. to then keep turning Um, and this is again, going back to, this is stuff that I'm going to, I have a plan to flip at the, either the national, um, I had, you know, that maybe some of the high end stuff at the national, Right, that Steph Curry kaboom is not a PC. That's you you plan on flipping. I turned it, Yep. you know, I already moved it. So it's one of those things where, you know, that card to me was just a, you know, a flip, a true flip. You know what I mean? I love Steph Curry. Um, I don't care to hold non-rookie, non-autograph, you know, seventh or eighth year Steph Curry stuff. So you know, especially in the middle of the point. finals right now, like that, that's the time to get rid of that. Exactly. Card. He's hot. He's in the finals. Like I can move it at a premium. So I did that. Um, on the flip side of that, I took that house money and put it back in into Crown Royal. Um, basically, I then that goes back to after I saw one box, saw what comes in it. You're guaranteed a numbered rookie. You're guaranteed an autograph, at least one. Um, a patch card with memorabilia. Some of them game used others. Rookies. Um, I kind of looked at the configuration of the box and said, "Okay, here's my entry cost at four fifty or five hundred a box. Um, I'm going to, you know, the hits that are coming out of this product are worth buying um, to to grade. You know what I mean? They're, they're right. You know, the rookie cards. You're and actually stuff. taking
0: a look at where those single prices are selling at." correct as well. And you're seeing, you know, where the discrepancy is in in between raw and graded as well and those types of things and how well the rookies are selling, how well the numbers are selling. So you're keeping an eye on those things as you're continuing to buy more of that product.
1: Absolutely. And the reason that I would buy, I've continued to buy sealed product is because I believe in the, the class. Um, and that's a little more year to year.
0: Um, you know, so and that's something you and Brad have kind of dove into a little bit in regards um, to football, but absolutely. this, you know, this basketball class, this 2021 class in particular, you know, that's Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, all those guys for anybody who's, who doesn't know that, like right. you just are really a big fan of those guys in that
1: class. Correct. And so I believe my money is best spent. So we'll just say, you know, seven, $7,500, $7, um, is what I have into crown Royal boxes of wax. You gotcha. know what I mean? That I have ripped and opened and pulled and, you know, started to grade and and move. Um, My interpretation of that product versus the other products that are going to come out for this draft class, including, you know, same class, different products, Prism. We just saw it with football. Um, Prices were sky high out of the gate. I think a lot of people will be priced out of Prism wax um, and therefore singles because of the strength of the class um, down the line. Gotcha. So what I've decided to do is, because I love this class, instead of going and spending $7,500 on Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, you know, one or two players that I like, I'm going to buy the product that I can then have, you know, bulk inventory of for better, better you know.
0: And just from, like, a more of, like, a, a sports fan side of things, like, sure. this you're not exactly sure which, I mean, that's a young, this is just this past class. You're not really sure Absolutely. which of those guys is honestly going to hit at this point too. Correct. And I mean, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you like some of these guys in this class more than others, 100%. but like that is a risk to, you know, even, even if it's Cade, like the number one overall pick to go all in on just him, that's a big risk as opposed to spreading that out again over those multiple rookies, multiple guys who don't just have potential, but I think you could arguably say that they all have about an equal amount of potential to kind of be the best player in the class right now. I
1: absolutely agree. And I would say looking back at last year's class, so same, we'll just take Crown Row, for example, last year's draft class, you to make the cost back on your box, just You've had from, to hit LaMelo. just from rookies. It was going to be Lamello, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards yeah. maybe Tyrese Halliburton at the end of the year, but that was it. Okay. I can rattle off. 10 or 12 guys from this draft class that may not be superstars now um may not even have superstar potential will be good nba players like this is a deep draft class um and this is something that brad had compared stocks and mutual funds to in a previous episode right you know if i had have taken 7500 dollars, like you said and put it into kate cunningham well then i'm all of my marbles right are in kate cunningham basket right and so Rather than doing that, um, which would be like if Cade Cunningham was an individual stock, we'll say Apple. Um, yeah. That would be like buying Apple stock, right? Instead of that, I can buy into the, the S&P 500, right, in like a mutual fund and get a bunch of those blue chip um, stocks, right? Which would be the Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Josh Giddy, you know, the, the p- good players from this upcoming draft class um, before – and this has a lot to do with the supply chain and the timing of the season stuff too. These products are coming out before they're really making their second year jump, right? They've had enough time to play one season. I've seen a little bit of right. what they have. I feel comfortable enough now to make that
0: investment in one or two
1: guys or the class overall. Gotcha. If that makes
0: sense, it's a lot of really good points. So, and I mean honestly, a lot of it kind of boils down to return on investment, 100% and in cash flow, and I think that. One other thing that I don't think you uh, mentioned specifically, but you know, another benefit to buying fresh product or buying into a break as opposed to pursuing singles as well, and this is something that I, you know, I think about a lot is sure. the condition of the card. How many times has that particular card, you know, how many hands has it gone through? Where has it been? when you see a picture of a card on eBay or anywhere else, like you have no idea how many people have honestly touched that card messed with that card or anything. Whereas when you buy into a break or you buy a fresh box, you know that that card is going even, I mean, especially if it's a good, you know, a well reputable, you know, breaker, like that card's going straight into a sleeve, straight into a top loader. And if it's a big hit, probably a one touch, you know, like it's, um, they're more familiar with the handling you know exactly who the card has been handled by and how it's been handled you know and you you know that you're getting it at its highest condition or highest quality possible as opposed to buying a random single on a random marketplace
1: i agree with that so as far as if the product is widely available i would always want to rip it myself um, and kind of be in control of that, like you said. I don't Understand. want the, the fewest amount of people, the you know the fewest hands on the card. Yeah, because even with breaks, sleeves, like you, you still got to gotta get
0: the card shipped to you, and that's a whole other story. Hundred you know? percent. So,
1: shipping. Yeah, I want to take shipping out of the equation. Um, something that I also like to do is, you know, I guess is sort as I'm ripping. Right. And so I know as I'm pulling out, Hey, I've kind of got an idea of, Hey, I've got, okay, 20 cards that are worth grading. Here's what I'm going to do with the rookies. Here's what I'm going to do with everything else. Kind of break it up that way. And that way I don't have just like a giant stack of cards lying around. Um, Something that really is frustrating though, um, both from the grading perspective, the grader perspective, and just a collector, somebody who rips wax, buying singles, is when you see the pack fresh or it's a brand new product, right? Yeah. And it comes back. You send it out for grading. It comes back like a seven or an eight. You still got to review your cards, guys. Um, pack fresh is technically an eight. Near mint is factory standard. Um, and so that you know, to get a gem and a or a mint condition card is truly the outlier. Right. Um, and I think people that's lost on people um, in the grading space. But yeah. So when I when I'm buying a a widely available product that I can, you know, rip in my, you know, rip myself. I'm absolutely going to do that rather than have somebody break it or buy singles,
0: um, for the condition standpoint, if I'm planning on grading that product out. All really good stuff. I think that this is uh just something that people should know about right now. Cause guys, there's a lot of product out there. You know, whether you're going totally. to your LCS or, you know, retail I think is finally starting to kind of become more available to people again. Yep. I, I think it's important to know that, you know, these uh the reasons why you see, you know, maybe some of your favorite influencers or people, they buy into breaks or they like to rip instead of going after singles and a bunch of mail day orders and things like that. And you know, some people Everybody's got their preference, you know what I mean? But I just think with so much product out there, people should know, you know, hey, if you what do you want? Do you want to have fun? Do you want a return on investment? Do you want to make money?
1: There's a, you, do know, you want
0: good condition cards. You got to you got to know the best way to handle that. Absolutely. And there's
1: there's there's good ways to do it all. Um, I would say there's there's not a right way or a wrong way. Oftentimes if a product is drying up, if you can't get, you know, a locally available case in time or something like that, I'll, I'm happy to have somebody break it on a live stream and ship it to me. You know what I mean? That yep. way I know what's coming. You know, I can still get the product that I want. I think breaking is great um, for cards. I think it's hurt the card, the wax prices um, for sealed wax as, as breakers kind of control the allocation in the market. However, I think from a singles perspective, breaks have helped put so many more cards into the market. Um, cards Absolutely. that would still be in boxes, grails that would still be in boxes for years um that may never surface you know what i mean um things like that i think the breaking and kind of splitting it up you know
0: breaking it down however you need to do it has really been beneficial for the hobby overall don't want to take too much time on it but let me hit you with this your top three go-to sets right now if you're just going to you know Overall, like yep. quality assurance, yep. ROI, you, it's a fun rip. What are your top three right
1: now? So right now, again, I'm really into this 2021 basketball class. I'm ha- focusing heavily on that. Um, I For value, I, I really think Crown Royal, a case um, – I do think loose boxes are a good value for what you're going to get at the price. Um, case Sealed case prices have really started to jump, and that's because of the Kaboom mm-hmm. insert. Um, those – are becoming close to being um, too high in, in price, in my opinion. Um, I see. But right at release, that was a great product um, to buy up a bunch of you a hold, good class and all those types good of things. class stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, I am kind of out on Prism Football. I just don't think I think that's a singles product. For You're me. not the only one. Yeah. So yeah, retail may be different. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to see. I think one product that I just ripped. Um, is tops chrome champions league soccer um tops chrome champions league soccer the quality that i've seen is awesome um, i think you can pick up light boxes light hobby boxes for under 200 dollars a box um, i would say that that's very safe in terms of what you're going to get what yeah. you can expect to get in terms of refractors numbered cards um, autographs are not guaranteed but you can get them still um, so that's a product that I really like for the value. Awesome. And then just to kind of circle back, um, to go back a couple months, I still really like this 2021 Tops Chrome F1. Um, I was, I am kind of shocked a little bit. Um, how, and I, and how I will say it's gotten, yeah, I will say kind of, or how well it's hold, held value gotcha. as a second year product versus the 2020, um, Tops Chrome, which I thought would, would have no problem holding value. I see. Um, and I'll say the tops dynasty as well. So 2021 kind of both of the second year F1 products, I think are still, um, in that ballpark for rip grade, hold, you know, flip
0: territory. So awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, the next story we've got does kind of have, it does sort of branch off of, you know, sort of what we just talked about, but it's, it's because it sort of leads into the inevitability that more product is probably going to be coming in the near future. And the thing that I'm talking about is Tops and Fanatics have recently signed NIL deals with around 200 to 300 student athletes recently. And some, some big hitters too, like Bryce Young, Caleb Williams at USC, uh, Stetson Bennett the quarterback for Georgia who just won the national championship that's right um, and then in basketball as well like Derek Lively the second and uh, Nick Smith who's going to Arkansas those are some of the top guys in the 2022 class for basketball so those are some of the big hitters but fanatics and tops have now you know made their move on them for um, some NIL deals and to produce most likely college cards and things like that and other product in the future and You know, Bowman U did come out recently, and that's sort of, like, the, I guess, go-to product for, like, college football right now. You know, you can get Bryce Young autos in in different autos of, like, some of the rookies and that and stuff like that. But, you know, what are your initial thoughts to this? Is it just not surprising? Is it, um, were you kind of hoping that maybe fanatics didn't go into this realm of, like, college cards and things like that? Or how do you feel about it?
1: So I think it's been coming for a long time.
0: I think the college
1: sports, paying college athletes, that is not going anywhere. It's going to be the forefront of college athletics for the time. Totally agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for Fanatics to kind of incorporate all of this into their already booming market of sports memorabilia, sports cards, it's it's a total no-brainer. Gotcha. Um, So, yeah, this makes total sense from a business perspective for me, for Fanatics and Tops. Something that we'd kind of seen in the past – Probably a year, 18 months ago to two years ago, maybe, is when Tops signed Trevor Lawrence right. um, to an exclusive autograph deal. I remember that, actually. Yeah. Now. And yeah. so, you know, he had some Trevor Lawrence top sets come out with, you know, autographs with name, image, likeness. Um, and the NIL deals that I think we're going to see signed are going to probably feature products that are very similar to that. I think the top 10 big name guys, you know, your Bryce Young's, those guys are going to get those type of deals. Yeah. Um, I would say the rest, you know, if you're a division one college football player, you're probably just gonna get a base contract, right? And then you're gonna be put in every set, like Bowman, Prism draft picks, like all of that stuff.
0: I'm presuming it's gonna be about the same way unless your name is drawing a different amount of attention. Correct. Yeah, you're probably going to have some sort of base contract that it's just sign and go.
1: Exactly. And so I think where you know where we're going to see this is the schools that really benefit from this are again the, the power five schools with you know the 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 money and the boosters to go out and you know increase these deals or yep. you know um, go that go for you know increase their you know uh, reputation and stuff within college football by having these superstar, you know, more celebrity type athletes on their team. And I think it goes a long way for the program. So I could see that being some kind of deal being made. Um, And that's nothing different that's been taking place in college athletics for a long time. Um, What really frustrates me about these specific sets um, is we're talking about guys in the 2022-2023 draft class. Absolutely. Um, This next month, within the next month, the Prism Twenty One, Twenty Two basketball draft class comes out. So we still have another full year of NBA basketball. We have Paolo Boncaro, um, the kid from Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, that whole draft class that just that just came into the NBA. They're about to play their rookie season. They don't
0: have a single card out yet. They're about to get drafted in like a month. Right, and I mean, they that. I think it might even be you're less. right. It's still coming up. They're about uh, to be drafted. A lot of people forget the NBA draft happens like right after the
1: season ends. That's exactly right. And for Prism for Kate Cunningham in them that class to not even be out yet is is beyond me. So I really just don't understand how you can be promising these products and just pushing back ones that we know. Oh, well, I mean, I I do get it from a business standpoint, but it's really frustrating from a collector standpoint. I think
0: that's really. All it is, you know, from totally. my perspective as a collector too, is just look. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Roll Tide. I'm a Bama fan. That's right. You know, Brad. Not a. Not he's a, not going to be happy. He's, he's not going to be happy. I'm sitting saying in this his chair. on That's the right. show. But you know what? Hey, I'm I'm on the mic right now, so I can say what I want. <laughs> That's right. But like, I would love to have a Bryce Young auto right now. You know, in Bowman, you or whatever. I think that guy's going to be an absolute stud, no matter where he goes. i you know, don't hold me to that at the moment. But, um, I just. I just, I can't imagine, you know, how more product hitting the shelf, especially like college product, which we already know just doesn't bring the same type of value, no matter who the player is. Correct. I just don't see it. I I get outside of the fact that it's just, you're printing more money. And I do
1: think that it will start to help the value of the collegiate cards over time. Um, That being said, I do not think they'll they'll still won't be comparable to the pro Jersey rookie, you know, I mean, things like always, that. Just have a little bit of value. No, ab- you know? absolutely. Especially
0: the numbered ones and things like listen, that too and stuff. But, um, there's yeah, a market for just, everything. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I just think that, you know, and again, like I guess for fanatics, yeah. The business side of things, this makes sense, but I almost wonder like, shouldn't your focus like, you know, coming into this market, maybe be elsewhere possibly. Or do you think that this is again, like just such a no brainer move? I
1: think it's just such a no brainer move for them that, the, I, you have to, I'd have to imagine the their cost on the set is nothing. And it's a set that, you know, what however much they print, anything they sell is going to be house money based on their premiums from other sets. Um, that's the way I would look at it if I were them. And I'm sure that is probably the case. Um, I won't be buying any of it.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I, I get it. It's tempting, again, with those big hitters in there. If like, I yeah. could make and sell it, I would. Gotcha. So I get it, you know.
0: Yep. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Well, the only other topic I really have on my page, today I know we're going, this may be a little bit longer of an episode, That's so right. but I guess I'm just a talker, but uh, the right. only other topic I want to talk about today is that, you know, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup, both going on right now, but once those two things end, you're going to be in the off season of some of the biggest sports out there with baseball kind of really being only the major one going on you know, until until preseason football and things like that start rolling back around. And honestly, you know, modern baseball cards are already on the down as they as it is. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to think that for a couple of months here, you're going to have sort of this openness to the market. None of the big sports are going to be going on. There's not really going to be a ton of stories that are hyping any players up or anything like that. Sure. You know? where do you, and you know, you can speak from just in the past how you've noticed things go, where do you see the market being just during this weird period? You know, at PSA, for example, over the last two weeks, they've noticed a large influx of TCG cards coming in a lot more Pokemon and things like that getting submitted. you know, so, uh, just something to think about. I feel like for the next couple months, maybe for collectors out there who, you know, maybe are holding on to players in multiple sports, like what, what should they be thinking right now during this time?
1: So this is a great time in my opinion to manage cash flow right with without this is going to be a great time without like you said without the hype being you know pushed by playoffs or you know big stories things like that this is going to be a great time for people to cut bait you know what i mean like re- you really dig through your collection get focused and say hey like okay this even if i hold on to it for another 4 months like i just you know is it worth me holding for 4 months or should i dump it now and keep it turning you know what i mean i think that this is a really good time for people to do that, consolidate. Um, there's tons of good shows over the summer, which is, is kind of helps offset that, that lack of sports schedule. Um, I know the National at the end of July is right. going to be a monster show. I think people are really buying um, singles and stuff in terms like getting ready for the National, um, whether that's consolidation, cash flow management, things like that. I think that this time of year is super important whether it's looking forward to, you know, football season, the next basketball season, the end of baseball season, whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of time to go and buy. Um, It's a really good time to kind of plan out the next six months and the next 12 months or whatever it may be um, for your cash flow in the hobby moving forward into kind of like that second half of the year where, again, we'll
0: have the NBA season start up um, NFL will start up baseball playoffs, things like that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this year as we're, uh, but, you know, obviously like with where the economy's at right now too, and everything sort of being on the down, you know, crypto, whatever, have, you know, whatever you maybe are investing, it's probably on the down at the moment. You know, right. I'd say like, this is like, you say this also, I feel like with that in mind, that really think about what do you actually feel like you want to hold right now? And Correct. what do you feel like you need to get rid of in order to, you know, like you said, manage your cash flow. Think about the cards that you have. Like, are those really the cards that you want to hold on to? Correct. As things kind of continue to go in a downwards direction? Like, is that really the player? Is that really the card that you think that, you know, coming out the other end is worth hanging on to? You know, I think those are the types of questions that people should be answering right now.
1: And I saw a really interesting post from one of our friends, Kendall Farrell, who made a really good statement. Um, as people start to consolidate and kind of liquidate collections, things like that in this kind of lull downtime, on the flip side, the people who are buying and, you know, holding are building some very, very legendary collections right now. I think there are going to be some, some you know, down the line, 20, 30 years from now, people are going to look back at this time, um, kind of 2020 through 2022 and realize, like, that there are some serious, serious collections being built right now, um, whether it's a business, a fund, but also just personal collectors. Like this is going to be a time where you kind of make, kind of make or breaks the hobby, if that makes sense. Um, be- because of the state of the economy, the state of the right. wax prices, breakers, kind of everything. It's kind of like a perfect storm where, listen, you're either jumping ship or you're stocking up. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's kind of where down the hatches. Absolutely. And, and so I think Kendall made a really good point, like people are you know this is also a really 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 good chance to
0: really do some damage on the market you know what i mean it's a really interesting thought and i think it's a good one to end on absolutely i agree this was awesome. Really had a good time with you, Jason. Man, I agree. Uh, it's been
1: a pleasure having you. I really enjoy all the media Maybe stuff that we Maybe we can squeeze me on the
0: air here a little bit more often in the future. We'll see how it goes.
1: That's right. I don't know. I don't know. Brad likes uh, his camera time. I don't so think, yeah. We'll um, see.
0: Maybe. Probably going to have to buy an extra mic for that one if that's ever. That's right. We'll, yeah. s- we'll squeeze you in for me. Well, guys, we appreciate you guys joining us on today's episode of the DCI podcast, episode 14. Bam. I know. Just moving right along. Love to see it. Awesome, guys. See you next week. Thanks for checking it out. Yep, uh, Again, make sure like. you like, subscribe, yeah. click the bell as well, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next week. Appreciate you guys. Later.